Revolution Church Podcast. Before we begin, we'd like to remind you that our ministry is supported 100% by listeners like you. To make your 100% tax-deductible donation today, please visit revolutionchurch.com slash donate. You can also learn more by clicking the donate section on the website. Welcome to another Meet Your Congregation episode of Revolution Podcast. My name is Caleb, and I'm here doing a little interview by myself today. Jay couldn't make it, but I'm here with my friend, Matt. Hello, Matt. How are you doing? Hi, Caleb. I'm doing great. Thank you. Awesome, man. It's always good to connect with you, see your face. We've been trying to stay in touch since I moved from Minnesota, where you are still located, and uh, we'll play poker over the internet sometimes and and just chit-chat try to keep in touch. It's always nice to, to have a friend who's still invested in trying to keep the connection going. Moving is hard, especially when you've got a, a nice, solid group of friends like like we do there in Minnesota. I hear that. You and I got even closer in our relationship or our friendship when COVID hit because, incidentally, you were, I guess you still are, living with our friend Marie and Keith, and they put me up for a little while after I broke my ankle, and you just happened to be living in the upstairs of their house. Yeah. The term for a little while there was COVID cluster, where we were exposed to each other kind of when quarantine hit. And so we were kind of locked in like, okay, this is our group of people. Yeah. I don't know if you've completely done it justice yet. Caleb, like I had moved in in like January and then obviously COVID hit. And then like by the end of March, uh, Caleb was living in our dining room. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) His ankle was so busted up then, uh, you know, he can really can move a whole lot. So no, I could not. So he, regardless of whether he wanted to, he had to be my friend. <laughs> yeah, that's right. To his bedroom at any moment. <laughs> that's right. Not only was there nowhere for me to run, but I could not physically run, so it wasn't even an option. <laughs> that, yeah, that's funny. It was great, and I, I got, I was so fortunate on so many counts there. Obviously, to have. Like I, I was 100% planning on just trying to recover back in my apartment um, with my roommate kind of helped me fill in the holes here and there, but but that would have been next to impossible, it turned out, as we quickly learned. <laughs> you can respond vocally if you want, but instead of just nodding oh, and shaking yeah. your head. No, I'm sorry. You guys can't hear my nods and shakes right no. now. No, <laughs> the rattle of your brain. Yeah, no, that would have fucking not really worked at all, so. No. Uh, <laughs> uh, but no it was a pleasure having you like we had many uh great chit chats and yeah. laughter that's uh, right. as we began to cope with our new reality last year that's right yeah yeah we rang it in together as it were we rang in the horror <laughs> yeah so that was that was a nice little night a nice i guess as a silver lining it was a nice way for our our friendship to get a little bit stronger um, yeah. Yeah, under shitty circumstances. Absolutely. Yeah. But yeah, man, I guess one of the main reasons I thought that it'd be kind of cool to have you as a voice on here is you're definitely not a, wouldn't probably wouldn't classify yourself as a congregation member of anything. That might be even a triggering term. So we don't even have to call this a meet your congregation episode, but you are familiar with revolution uh, through me and through, I believe, were you at the Sunday morning that Marie gave her talk at revolution yeah yes oh yeah i attended revolution church live 
in Minneapolis. Brian Lake Bull. Um, at Brian Lake Bull to really support, you know, my friend Marie. And also, you know, I knew Caleb a little bit at that point. So to right. support Caleb too. And, you know, honestly, just kind of check it out. And, you know, it had been a while since I'd really stepped foot in anything called a church. Yeah. So I was just like, okay, you know, I like Caleb and, you know, he's a cool guy. And so I thought, hey, let's check this out, support my friend Marie. And that was a really fun time. And it was fun to get to know everyone and kind of see what mm. revolution is all about. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was a cool experience. Um, I was pretty confident just about generally what Marie might say, but I was probably the only person who was at all semi-confident. I might be giving myself a little bit too much credit, but like, but there, there are definitely a lot, there's a handful of Marie's people who were kind of, you know, ex-evangelical um, atheists. Some of them are kind of maybe in the angry atheist category, mm-hmm. maybe. And uh, so they were kind of sitting there real stiff and uncomfortable, probably a little bit triggered, um, you know, which is a hundred percent understandable, of course. And, um, and then, you know, you got the revolution people who are like, well, what's going on here? Why do we have an eighth, you know, the, the Christian people, I guess, not the revolution people necessarily, but the Christian people who are probably just wondering, like, why is an atheist talking to us from a makeshift pulpit right now? Yeah. Yeah. So that was really interesting. But just for context, why don't you give a little bit of background on your own spiritual upbringing and, and what your environment was like? Sure. Yeah. So I grew up going to church. My dad is a minister mm-hmm. at the time. He was, you know, he's a full time minister in you know growing up it was first kind of a general baptist not to be confused mm. with southern baptist right totally different totally different right. um so and then you know uh eventually into the christian and Mis- and missionary alliance uh church which it's more of an east coast thing out like near pennsylvania and stuff but uh just very much evangelical not very pentecostal per se but uh Actually, I think at one point we're a split off of uh, Assemblies of God. Um, oh, so, interesting. Okay. Um, but uh, really, I think maybe for that for that reason, uh, I'm not really sure anymore. But um, yeah, uh, and then so just growing up, I kind of had just a lot of questions about this faith. And my dad is very much in the, you know, Jesus just loves you kind of person. Oh. Okay. Um, we're very much about Jesus love and we really didn't growing up. I did not really spend a lot of time talking about kind of like doctrine or theology. Okay. It was more just like, you know, how do we tell people about Jesus's love mm. for us? Um, and then when I graduated high school, my like kind of my experience with like junior high and high school was just very much not a super positive experience. Mm. Um, I think I was actually bullied quite a bit for being, you know, the pastor's kid, um, Mm, mm. kind of, you know, I think in, especially in middle school, kids are just looking to not be the target. And so then if if they can find a way to target you, then it's just very easy. It's kind of a deflection mechanism. Like, well, if we target this kid, I'm not getting targeted. Exactly. So that's kind of like what happened to me. And, you know, I just had also had this very like cognitive dissonance between here's what my, my dad and my parents and my church tell me that reality Mm. is. And then I go to public school and I'm like, no one seems to give a fuck. Right. Excuse my English. No, you can say what you want. Uh, you know, about any of the things that I talk about all the time at home. So it was just this huge, like cognitive, like if this God's like there, then like, why 
is like everybody else seemed to not really recognize this fact. Um, and so mm. that was always like something that was with me. Yeah. And I think partially too, because of all the bullying and stuff, I'm like, yo, God, if you're here, like, why the fuck do you, you know, are you allowing this to happen? Right. Um, mm. And so, you know, that was just like kind of those things early on in my, you know, early teen years. Um, but, you know, I was also in this, I was also just kind of a loner kid for in middle school and stuff. And then in high school, that's when we went to this Christian and missionary Alliance church in town that dad actually lost his job at the one church through a whole bunch of political bullshit. Um, and it turns out they had done this to all the pastors previously. Really? It's like once you hit the five year mark, they're like, well, you, Uh, you know, you're starting to get a little too much influence in the church and you know, we like the power and the control that we have. So mm. we're just going to like, they wouldn't even, they didn't even upright like fire him. They just kept lowering his benefits and his pay. That's not cool. Until he was like, he couldn't take care of his family anymore. And so he was basically forced him to resign. That's awful. So just a lot of his political shit. And then Mm. the church, the actual people in the church, beyond these like three or four people like on the board of deacons or whatever mm. basically uh all they they love my dad my dad like loved them and so when he left like it was out back through the back of the church outside like they were lined up to say goodbye to him wow. and people like eyes were all teared Aww. up and shit and so it was at first it was like this really awful thing like you know um why you know why is this happening mm. But it really worked out. My sister had been babysitting actually for a youth pastor at this other church Mm. and they were like growing really rapidly. And so they went in a town of 15,000, you know, at the peak, uh, the Christian Missionary Alliance Church had like 900 people attending. So almost 10% of the town was like going to this church. And so, so they just had this outsized sized kind of influenced and so they had five pastors on staff and my dad became kind of the senior citizens pastor okay and then there i actually met some friends and got connected to some people that i just hadn't really felt that connection to either at school or my other church Mm. so that was just a really awesome time for me just to actually have people to hang with and you know feel connected to totally yeah you gotta have that sense of community especially when you don't feel a hundred percent like maybe seen or heard you know in your old community which it kind of sounds like might have been happening the heads of your old community decided to essentially kind of kick you out like what are you gonna do just keep hanging around this church that's, yeah. that's essentially kicked your dad like fi- not even fired your dad. firing him would have been more respectful uh, right. way to do it totally dishonorable very dishonorable people. yeah and um you know, the, but the, the really the irony was that because my dad is such an, a really kind person yeah. and non not vindictive, he like he could have said he could have blasted these guys mm. so hard mm-hmm. like his last day, but because he didn't, mm. he had that standing in the community, wow. and and he didn't create that extra conflict. So when right. he then when they he basically got recruited to this other church, what happened was. All of these people that love my dad just followed him to this oh, new wow. church. And like, you know, the that other church, you know, dug their own grave and yeah. they lost like basically diminished. Wow. Even though I'm no longer a believer, like that church was and especially the youth pastor. So the youth group that I went to now had more people in the youth had more like students in the youth group than the other church had total. Wow. <laughs> so, Dang. Like it was 
it was a really good for me to like really built some really kind of actually be accepted for the first time in my life. And then in, in high school, even though I never really formed friends with my own class, I mm. started forming friendships with people, a class above me and a class below. Oh, me. cool. So, so that's kind of how that worked out. But I was still pretty much just like an awkward kind of kid, yeah. kind of very, uh, kind of confused, just trying to figure out life and just kind of a loner, never really fit in with any of the clicks, including the, you know, we had some Christian clicks <laughs> yeah. and I was just like, well, like I believe in Jesus, but you guys are kind of like self-righteous assholes. Right. So, like I don't identify with you. I don't identify with jocks. We were a football town very much. Mm -hmm. So, um, and so like, yeah, so it was just like, and then, so when I came time to graduate high school, I was like, I don't know what I want to do, but right. maybe the best thing to follow God is to go follow in my dad's footsteps. Mm. So I went to Moody Bible Institute mm -hmm. in downtown Chicago. And that's when I was really exposed to like doctrine and like systematic theology right. and like really opened my eyes up to, to what I consider now very, very harmful beliefs mm -hmm. about like who God is and you know, uh, talking, you know, things like, you know, the tulip in Calvinism where, yeah. you know, you learn that, oh, God actually chose some people to go to heaven. Mm -hmm. Cool. But he also chose a whole, whole millions and billions yeah. of people to go to hell. Many, many more. Like the, the ratio is, is staggering, really. Well, yeah. And it's all before the foundations of the yeah. earth were formed. Exactly. So it's like, it's like, wait, what? Yeah. Some vessels are, are built for destruction, you know? So what can you do? So, yeah. And so it's like, oh, and why? Oh, because God cares about his glory. Right. I'm like, this sounds like a sociopath, not like a loving being yeah. that's, in, you know, that created everything. Mm -hmm. Like this is, a, this is a sociopath. And it made sense. Like if you look in the Bible, there's, I mean, you can kind of paint that picture. Yeah. It's not hard to do. Old Testament God, especially. To me, it became one of those things where it's like, this seems to be the God as described, at least in, in large part in the Bible yeah. or at times at least. Um, and so for me, it just became um, over time um, toxic for me to, you know, and I came very much from a background that this is the inerrant word of God, Yep. Mm -hmm. you know, and so the truth is in here. Um, and then just through my own study, I'm just like, one of the last things to fall was just like reading the Bible and be like, Actually, the Bible doesn't actually describe this eternal place of hell and damnation. Mm, mm -hmm. You know, it's like there's like one little reference to an eternal flame or eternal fire. Right. That doesn't mean like people are like suffering in that eternal fire. Like, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. so all these things kind of the Catholic Church kind of, you know, brought in to scare people to pay their penance and, yeah. you know, fund their wars. Like, mm. That stuff's not actually even in the Bible. Right. So, yeah. And then without you take away this like fear of hell and damnation, it's then you can start like actually being like, okay, totally dude. Maybe, maybe it's kind of safe for me to like start questioning this. Cause I oh, saw yeah. the first thing for me to go was like, I actually became an annihilationist where I was oh, yeah. just, like mm -hmm. kind of like old Testament Jewish faith mm -hmm. where, you know, this is our one life. Yep. Um, and so, and then, um, but yeah, over time, like, uh, basically it took me, or I was 20, between 25, 28, I can't remember exactly now, but then I finally was just like, I d it just doesn't align yeah. 
you know, this kind of way of seeing the world mm. just doesn't align with who I really am. Right. And so I made that break, which is really tough because I gave up all my church connections. Mm. My family still very much believers mm. in that same context. Mm. And uh, my brother's a youth pastor. Mm. My sister lives in the city very much an evangelical Christian. Yeah. So it's, it was definitely a journey. Yeah. To, uh, but I would never, I could never go back now. Like I'm just so much, I, you know, it's not, life has not been easy per se, but it's, it's whenever I've ever thought for a moment, Oh, well, what if I just went back? It's like, no, mm, no way. Sure, man. Yeah, totally understandable. And especially once it gets so twisted and there's so many inconsistencies and you're kind of like doing a little bit of gymnastics to try to still kind of make it all fit together. And then eventually when you're just like, oh man, like this is just tangled and messy. And it's like, and what, wh- why am I working so hard to still defend this and still, and then it's like, ah, it's not even worth it. And you know, I totally understand that. Yeah, that was for me. I realized I'm like, I was like jumping through so many yeah. like hoops to make it work in my brain. Right. And I was all my cognitive power. Like if I had like four computers wired up together, like <laughs> fucking trying to crack this problem. Like right. I was just like, that was a hundred percent, you know, I would give myself breaks occasionally, but it would get me depressed. Cause I'm just like, can't do it. And you know, it, when I wasn't kind of taking it seriously, when I wasn't really trying to like, make it work for me i was fine I, if i when i was in the mode of like jesus's love that's cool he's my home right boy. like then i could really be kind of at peace and joyful and stuff mm. but when but then i would go to church and then i would be exposed to some shit that i was like wait i don't know if i'm supposed to hate the gays mm. i don't know if that like sits right with me mm. you know i don't you know that like i don't know if you know you know, all the stuff about sexual sin and stuff that was preached at me. Yeah. Um, just like, I don't know. And, and just even all the stuff about faith is it works or is it by faith? Yeah. Or is it by faith? And then it's works or, yeah. you know, all that. It's just so fucking convoluted. Yeah. And salvation, the whole idea of salvation in the Christian context as a singular occurrence and like as a status of being either 100% saved or you're 100% damned. And it is this finite thing. Your name is written in the book of life or it's not. You have your ticket to get on board or you don't. When it becomes this like yay or nay, it's so polarizing and it creates a mechanism for you to easily be like, oh, those people are wrong and we are all right. And it's very divisive. Yes. It really becomes like salvation through doctrine, like oh, right, yeah. like right belief becomes salvation, and the stakes are so high, yeah, because it's like Eternity. eternal damnation, not just damnation, but eternal suffering of the worst possible kind, right? If you don't get it fucking right, yeah, and then you know, and so it's like great point. It creates for me anyway. It created this incredible kind of neuroticism of just constantly being anxious in my because you know i'm such an aware person and i'm aware of even my conflicting thoughts inside so to me and then you, you learn about sins of omission and sins mm. of realizing i could be sinning all the time you know the bible says the heart is deceitful all above all else so am i just deceiving myself i'm a christian mm. like all of this shit like just really got me into a very neurotic place uh yeah. really dark place and yeah i think there's some people that you know, they can hear the same thing and for them, they just kind of automatically filter out some of the bullshit mm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and they're able to kind of live their lives. 
but like for me because i'm such an analytical person yeah it has to you know and a very sensitive person mm. like it all has to kind of gel yeah. or i and that's just the way if it doesn't gel 100 percent, like i just can't <laughs> yeah it becomes not worth the effort probably yep so that's kind of like my journey out of faith mm. um more recently i've actually kind of re started to rediscover kind of my own kind of spirituality which has been really neat awesome man well and i know that you have places to be maybe i could get you back on in the future sometime soon to talk about the new chapters that you're starting to explore and also i think it would be fun to have maybe you and a few other people like from the former fundamentalist group there in minnesota to just kind of talk about community that maybe scratches some itches that church used to scratch for people who are no longer comfortable being in church yeah. i do want to just say really quickly as almost like kind of a plug that there is a really great ex-evangelical, ex-evangelical, former fundamentalist scene there in Minneapolis. Mm -hmm. If anyone is in that area, St. Paul, Minneapolis area, there's a great group there. And I've introduced, it's funny, I'm proud, honestly, to be kind of a catalyst for a few people who both attend Revolution, you know, in the Twin Cities and go to former fundamentalist meetings. Mm -hmm. And I, I think it's really cool to have people who can live out that juxtaposition of considering themselves a Christian and going to church and 100% relating with everything that people who are outside of that arena have to say about it. Yeah, I can, and I can leave you with like a few different interesting things with along those lines. Please. Is, you know, I'm very much involved and participate in this kind of former fundamentalist ex-evangelical kind of group that we have, which is really just that support group when people start questioning their faith. Right. Oftentimes a very rigid and sometimes cult-like and harmful kind of uh, religious experience. Yeah. And so that's really neat. And sometimes people come once and they're like, oh, cool. I'm awesome. You know, this is, I'm not alone. Um, and that's all they need. And then sometimes people really need like a year or two just kind of being around that group and processing out loud with other people mm -hmm. that have similar mm -hmm. kind of backgrounds. Um, and so I really think that's super, super cool. My ex-wife and I actually were part of a group at one point called Sunday Assembly. Yeah. Kind of a church without God kind of concept. Yeah. So like trying to create a secular community. Yeah, that's right. I think was a really fascinating experiment it we is. did for a few years. Mm. Um, and so that, and that's actually how I met Keith and Maurice through that. So, um, so that was really fascinating. And then, you know, more more recently, I've actually been kind of spending some time with uh, some a local Buddhist actual oh, yeah. uh, group that has kind of opened my eyes up to that philosophy and way of looking Great. at the world. Which, to me, very much aligns with actually like science and and kind of observed reality. Yeah, and, um, has been very centering for me. So I've kind of been rediscovering like a kind of spirituality. Yeah. There's no really there's no ask to believe in a deity or, you know, have, you know, a minister tell you how to live. Right. But it's just been a way to really center myself and be connected to nature and to other humans. Um, and so that's been really cool. That's great. And then last week I actually went to a church, uh, on, in North Minneapolis. Um, and it wasn't a church service, but it was actually a gathering of people in, uh, the community there um to really deal with some of the violence that's been happening in north minneapolis oh, yeah. and so there are like three different bishops and there was a couple different pastors and wow. 
you know so it was just like so there was definitely a lot of talk religious talk going on right. but it was to me i was like you know this this seems like what church should be about is actually solving real world problems in community in relationship with people and so that was just a, a neat experience that at some point in the future maybe we could talk about yeah man i would love that i think we have a, a handful of cool topics to maybe come revisit that's great and yeah i i love buddhism i, I think buddhism is a, a wonderful place for a lot of ex-evangelicals to explore and i would love to just nerd out on some buddhism with you that'd be fun yeah it's interesting too like uh the uh, sensei, his name is Rick, and he actually sometimes I'll throw in some Bible verses. That's cool. Into like that experience. Yeah. But it was in such a way that like I was able to receive it and not be triggered by some mm-hmm. of it. And so, like in some ways, I'm like rediscovering kind of the mythology of Jesus. Yeah. Even if I don't believe in the the literal kind of divinity of Jesus. Sure. And so I think there is some very powerful kind of things that the christian faith has uncovered but i all but i believe a lot of faiths um and practices like have a lot to teach us about kind of what it means to be human and, and to okay. like basically live in the cosmos right right totally well thank you so much for making time for this matt i, I really mean that i know that you just kind of squeeze this in and i really appreciate you doing that man i really do and i i love you and appreciate you a lot as a person and i, I love us connecting anytime that we can i'm not only 100 percent about being grateful for you but i'm also 100 percent about us trying to to do another maybe recording either just you coming on again maybe um talking about the next page of your story uh, spiritually speaking or maybe even you marina and maybe a couple other people from the former fundy kind of circle of people in the minneapolis area but but yeah man we'll, we'll be hearing more from you do you want to maybe do you want to plug yourself or, or your social media handles or anything oh uh, i don't know if people want to find you i yeah i mean i'm just matt mccrory matt mccrory <laughs> yeah i'm on instagram too mm-hmm. uh so yeah you, you can uh you can find me out and about um starting a new job on june first so that's kind of crazy Nice. Yeah. All right, Matt. Well, I'll let you go, buddy. And I, I love you a whole lot. And I'll, I'll be talking to you soon and, and maybe even recording that talk as well. <laughs> cool. All right, man. Love you, buddy. Thanks. You love you, All right, dude. Talk soon. We'd like to remind you that our ministry is supported 100% by listeners like you. To make your 100% tax-deductible donation today, please visit revolutionchurch.com slash donate. You can also learn more by clicking the donate section on the website.